From deep in the heart of Texas, it's time to chain fire some freedom with another episode of the Clover Tack Podcast. Listen in as we have a conversation with people from the firearm industry and community. Are you ready for the show? We are too. Let's go. What's up, crew? It is October the 12th, 2023, and uh, we are ready to kick off recording another CloverTech podcast powered by our good friends over at Mostrom Tactical. I'll talk about them, of course, here uh, a little more in just a minute or so. Uh, we've got Hunter, better known as No-Handed Shooter, waiting patiently down in the green room, hopefully not eating all the cookies and drinking all the chocolate milk before we get him in here, but it uh, should be a very interesting conversation. Uh, to that point, uh, whether you are listening in replay, whether you are filing in live, you have the ability with this show uh, to interact, to engage, to ask questions. Now, if you are in replay, you're going to do that down in some comment sections, obviously, below. Uh, but if you're filing in out there live, then uh, definitely let us know that you're out there. And then also, if you have questions for Hunter as we're moving forward, uh, throw those out there in the chat. I'll flag them. Uh, don't get impatient on me. I'm not going to derail the conversation uh, to jump around on topics and things like that. But uh, we will get to them. I will flag them. We will when we get to an appropriate spot. Uh, we'll get to those questions and, and other things. Uh, proud member we are of the Farms Radio Network. So be sure you go over and check out farmsradio.net. Uh, also, shout out and thanks to the YouTube channel members, the Patreon patrons. You guys are awesome. Two thumbs up, of course. Uh, and if you want to become a member of either one of those crews, well, there's links and all that jazz, of course, down below. Now on to Monstrum Tactical for a second. Yesterday's podcast was all about Monstrum because we had Chris on from Monstrum. So uh, to plug the day, the advertising spot's going to be kind of short and sweet with Monstrum. What I'm going to tell you is to check out the podcast from yesterday. Uh, and you'll learn all about uh, Monstrum. We talked about the products. We talked about the company. Uh, we talked about all the cool designs. We talked about the uh, behind the scenes on all that stuff. Uh, and there was even a, a little bit of um, behind, what is it? not behind the scenes, sneak peek, I guess style information uh, in that podcast too some stuff uh, product releases coming in the next week or two and things like that that i don't think have been relayed to the public yet so i'm not going to give that away i'm just going to say go uh, and check that out so with that let's get uh let's get hunter in the house and uh there he is in all his glory what's up bro how's it going man i appreciate you having me on man i am super stoked to have you here and uh and have a conversation man um, I'll, uh, I'll let you kind of tell your story and, and get the audience and stuff out there a little bit familiar with you before we, uh, dive off the deep end, go down, no telling how many rabbit holes of all the stuff <laughs> you've been through and done and everything else. I think it's going to be oh, a great yeah. conversation. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, it's one of those things and back and forth in the DMs, we kind of talked about it. Like I was like, I run across, you started doing, and we're going to put the cart before the horse a little bit, but again, we'll back up. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, YouTube and their infinite wisdom with the way that they populate the, the home feed, oh, yeah. uh, showed me a short and I'm like, who is this dude? Like, this is pretty friggin' awesome. And, uh, of course reached out to Hunter. The rest is history cause, cause he's here. But so, you know, you've been around for a long time and I didn't know it. And so our, our <laughs> community, our industry, like everything, um, a lot of times that happens, unfortunately. But, yeah, man. 
for those out there that aren't were like me that aren't familiar uh give us just a quick rundown of, of who you are and what you do and uh we'll kind of go from there yeah so um my name's hunter i'm uh, also known as the no-handed shooter um i was born uh with something called cleft foot and i was also born with no hands it was two and a half months premature something like that and uh doctor said i wouldn't make it two weeks but here i am um i've played pretty much every sport out there that you can imagine but uh true passion is definitely shooting um started uh competing when i was 20 i believe 19 or 20 um doing three gun if six stuff like that uspsa and um took a little break so I, I was shooting on pretty heavily uh and kind of professionally for around four or five years and then took a break started doing some other stuff gaming and mountain biking and traveling and uh kind of got out of the shooting world for about five five or so years and um made my debut back at it with these things um found the whole long range side of stuff being a whole new world that i didn't tap into before and oh i'm absolutely loving it right. um that's kind of where my passion started i used to do a lot of um game battles and call of duty and stuff like that but there's a lot of quick scoping and stuff as well sniping things of that nature um real nerdy but uh never played with this stuff too much back home in the east coast because we didn't really have that far to shoot and things of that nature you did but it wasn't as popular but out here moving to colorado it changed the game completely completely right. for me and never looked back man so well, it's a little basic and introduction the, uh, <laughs> and the long range stuff too has become very popular over the last oh, yes. year so it's absolutely not, not surprising i know a lot of people that have gotten into to long range kind of for the first time over the last mm -hmm. couple of years um you know, back it up to um, your know, life on the East Coast and growing up. Mm -hmm. It sounds like you were definitely in tune with the outdoors pretty much your whole life with sports and and everything else. Um, with you know, just the environment you were in that you grew up in, the the family, mm -hmm. the household. What was the gun culture? You know, was that something foreign to you guys? Was it uh, something that was around regularly? How did how did all that go down? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So I'm from Tennessee, Patriot State of shooting shit. <laughs> Sorry for right. French. Right. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, um, I started hunting uh, when I was a kid. I did a lot of TV hunts, um, like Buckmaster Show and other disabled style hunts and stuff of that nature. And uh, right. was always into hunting and bow hunting. Um, didn't really get into shooting too, too much as a kid outside of the basics, you know, just shooting 22s and BB guns and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um and then I kind of got out of the whole hunting side just because the whole stigma and stuff from hunting uh, on the East Coast is a little different out here. It's a lot more poaching and just more sketchy stuff. So I just kind of got away from it back home and outgrew it kind of. And uh, still stayed into guns, but like I said, I did a lot of video games and stuff as a kid and did a lot of more game battle-y, professional-style stuff. Not really professional, but um, just try to do competitive gaming and uh, really – took a passion for guns from that afterwards. Once I turned 18, I started doing the whole collector side. I went to like the RPDs, the MP5 clones, all the different AK variants and stuff just from video games. It looks cool and things of that nature. Right. And yeah. um, ended up uh, doing a tactical course. I'm sure if you guys look up no handed shooter and Google far enough, you'll find it. It's old video of me and a plate carrier and a Walther P 22 and a scar 16 and that's where I started it all, man. Um, right. I went and took that class, and uh, that video kind of went viral. Uh, Instructor Zero, a bunch of other tactical oh, guys, yeah. um, shared it and reached out and stuff of that, like that. And I kind of 
got out of the tactical side really quick once uh, that video kind of went popular. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, there's a gaming side of shooting, which I had no idea about. And once I found out that, it was all she wrote. Right. Um, so I've always kind of been into shooting um, somewhat, just really took off after I hit 18 for sure. And right. um, never really looked back, man. Been a gun nut ever since. And you said your first, your first competition competitive shoot, you were 20? Is that what you said earlier? Yep. I believe it was uh, 19 or 20. I think it was 2015 um, was my first big boy match. So I was shooting a few smaller matches um, and got really, really like competitive into that within like the first month, two months of me actually doing it. I was completely sure. swapping off all my gear that I originally had and completely went over to comp gear and instantly started doing better and was really enjoying myself. So I decided to do a major match for the first time and I went and shot a – shotgun only match in atlanta georgia um and i was squatted with jerry mitchellick um oh, lena wow. k clint up church or not clint up church um i can't remember his last name but a few other uh professional shooters on the three gun circuit and stuff like that were on my squad and i absolutely just smoked it that match i don't know what how the stars aligned but i ended up beating jerry on like two or three stages and Wow. That, that, that's kind of where it all went in from there. Once that happened, they I was shooting with Jerry, um, traveling to major matches all the time, doing other stuff, and getting sponsored, and that's all she wrote. And I was full-fledged shooter after that. Well, maybe you have a superpower where you drain <laughs> the talent from those around you. Maybe that's what <laughs> Maybe they just get distracted and they're like, whoa, look at that. And I'm actually shooting while they're looking. That, that, could, be, that could be a possibility. But, I'll you take know, it, man. I, I'll take you know, it. <laughs> you know, I don't know. I mean, it, it, be it just, I mean, be candid with me about it. But, you know, in the matches, ha, have you ever felt that anybody really is staring or anything like that or even cares? No. Are you just another guy there shooting like everybody else? I mean, at first, I mean, people like look obviously and are like impressed and stuff like that. Like, I've never really been on. Uh, people always kind of ask if I was ever bullied or anything like that back when I was growing up in school. Which I've always been extremely competitive and things of that nature, so it's always pushed me to be the absolute best I can at things. So with that, yeah. um, I've started in baseball in middle school and uh, played basketball, football, hockey you name it, wow. done pretty much everything, golf, tennis. And uh, really, I think people get more upset that they get beat by me than anything. So I never really got bullied. Um, so it worked out pretty good in my favor. And, uh, yeah, it's kind of the same thing in the shooting world. After the first few matches, people are really like, whoa, look at that, you know. And then they're like, hey, he's beating me. I got to step up my game kind of right? thing, you know. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, uh, I always no, love that, uh, getting people motivated Jeff would try harder, man. That's 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 right. awesome. I love that. Yeah. So. They're like, yeah, eh, we can't we can't go easy on this guy anymore. <laughs> Negative. Like, I wouldn't dream on that, man. I don't like that. There's a normal fella out there on the range trying to yeah. keep it up with everybody. Well, you know, the reason I the reason I asked that is I think that's you know, I was into youth shooting sports, uh, instructor and coach for, you know, I don't know, decade plus, you know, close to two or whatever. And, you know, I always said that shooting sports is one of those things that you know, unlike a lot of other sports, that you have to be fast, right? You have to be tall. You have to be big. You have to be strong. You have to be, you know, shooting sports is one of the things, and you're obviously you're proof of that. That yep, absolutely. You know, there's there's For really anybody. no there's really no I hate to say this, but there's really no handicaps, right? Like really, there's not anything that can that can hold you back. Um, and you see that it's not just you, but you see that with so many other mm -hmm. uh, athletes that are out there. Um, it's just and it's amazing. 
uh, what what some of them can do and some and some can accomplish. So it, it truly is almost a level playing field. Um, and also, I think, and there's a reason I asked that question about you know the first mm-hmm. match going to some of those early matches, is that you know I've seen in a lot of comp, you know competitive settings, you know I've seen different things, you know folks in wheelchairs and whatever, and it's you know even though they are, I mean you kind of recognize it's hard to it's hard to ignore reality when you're seeing. Oh something. yeah. Right. Absolutely. But at the same <laughs> time, it's like, who cares? Like we're all here, oh, yeah. we're all having fun. We're you know, we have all this in common. And the, the brotherhood and the camaraderie, you know, stays there regardless. Like there's oh, absolutely. really there's really no outcast, I guess is what I'm saying, in the shooting sports world, which is really neat. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. And um when it comes to like crowds and stuff like that, honestly I think I shoot better when I have a bunch of people around. Um, I've shot in uh, Russia um, for Ipsic Worlds. I was on the oh, wow. open um, team for USA. Uh, I shot in Italy for uh, Ipsic Shotgun um, on the open team as well. And uh, I feel like on all my best stages, I had a giant crowd around me. <laughs> so definitely right. don't take any offense to that. And um, it's definitely helped me get to where I am today. So I can't complain one bit. Right. Um, now, when were you in Russia for that shoot? Um, that was a while ago. I think that was that was actually when I stopped shooting. Uh, I trained real hard for that match, and uh, all this stuff went the opposite way. And I was like, ah, I'm gonna take a little break. <laughs> right. Um, right. But I think that was uh, I want to say 2017, 2018. Okay. Um, was Ipsic Worlds in Russia? So it was a good while ago. But that was an awesome event. Um, it's definitely uh, another experience shooting in other countries if you've never oh, done it. I'm sure, and especially something like Russia. Like, like Italy is one of those. I mean, you've got a large tradition with Beretta, with Benelli, mm-hmm. and you know some of those, the, especially Beretta, which has been a, an arms manufacturing company for centuries at this point. Um, but, you know, when you hear Russia, it's like, oh, well, it's not a competition in Russia. You know, I take a step back and I go, hold on, wait a minute. <laughs> wait now. Honestly, so, it was... It was wild, yeah. man. Um, it was one of the most expensive ranges I've ever been to. Like, it was one of the nicest facilities of all time. I've been to Cameo. I've been to the Winning Center. I've been to all the ranges in the U.S. Um, and it was, without a doubt, one of the nicest places I've ever shot. Um, there, It was not as bad as everyone says, but I will say it's like a gray filter over the whole place, if that makes any sense. Like, I didn't really believe that, but when you get there, everything is gray and there's just like a gray hue over everything. It's pretty wow. different. That's um, interesting. But it, but it was really cool. Um, but the range was awesome. The Kalashnikov factory was very cool. Um, yeah, I, I couldn't complain one bit, honestly. I thought it was going to be a much different experience than it was, <laughs> but it was really right. nice. <laughs> right. So, you think you think Russia? You think you know? I'm gonna go. There's gonna be tanks in the streets, and weird, they you know, they literally had. Um, a, it was raining most of the time, obviously, uh, but it was so nice. They had a bunch of Russian military guys literally sweeping rain out of the road for people to drive on. Like the the same dude was there from eight in the morning to like six in the afternoon, just sweeping away. Wow. <laughs> it was definitely different, man. But That's they crazy. had literally, uh, so there were 300 yards at the maximum. You have to shoot an IPSC because it's all paper and stuff like that generally. Right. Um, so they have cameras on all the targets out to 300 and in like berms in the berm so that people can hide in and go and paste targets and stuff. It was really cool. Yeah. Wow. What about the, you know, what about the, the, when you weren't on the range, what, you know, what type of experience was it with the the people in Russia that you were around and the interactions there, or did you even have any? 
Um, yeah, we had uh, we had drivers um, that would take us back and forth to places and stuff like that, and uh, they kind of stayed with us a lot at the Airbnb and like help with food arrangements and stuff. We played a lot of ping pong. Um, oh wow, <laughs> they love ping pong. With I've probably played just as much ping pong as I shot, and we shot thirty something stages, I believe. It was right. a it was a seven day match, so <laughs> wow. it was a good time. Yeah, it yeah. it wasn't that bad. Uh, I had a lot of. The food was really bland, um, so I had KFC a lot because that was right oh, down wow. the road. That okay. was lucky. But outside of that, man, it was pretty awesome. So yeah, is, people were is, generally nice to us anyway, but it was 2017, so it was a different was time true. too. Yeah, but. a little bit. Um, so was the, the KFC. I'm glad you brought that up and, and that you <laughs> experienced that. Compare, <laughs> compare the Russian KFC to your local whatever not nearly as much preservatives obviously really Uh, but when you haven't had actual like fried food or anything decent for a few days that really good it'll work yeah (laughs) oh it was was really good the few times i had it for sure (laughs) right now now i'm gonna the hard questions right and i know the folks out there there, i know they want me to ask this with the kfc um Original recipe or extra crispy? Extra crispy all day. Really? Okay. Okay. I'm a crispy fella. I like a I crunch, still, man. I still love you, but. This <laughs> <laughs> is gross. Well, that's fair. fair. Original's was, not bad either. I was around before there was extra crispy. So that's maybe that's, fair. Maybe that's, that's fair. Maybe that's why. They did not have that back in my day. So <laughs> I grew up on original. There you um, go. Stan with SS Pod out there. He's dropping. He's dropping a question. So let's 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 jump into it. Uh, oh, he's asking Ghost a question. Never mind. But he says he tried the Federal Sierra Match King in the 308 yet. So let's talk about since that wasn't a question for you, Hunter. Uh, let's talk about some of your gear. So what type of you talked about in the early days that you know you worked some local matches. You switched over. Uh, decided okay, let's make a better go made some equipment changes. What did you kind of start out with? Because there may be people out there wanting to start competition and stuff. What did you start out with? And then what did you end up going to? So um, one of the things with me, I usually try and try a little bit of everything. Uh, Mm -hmm. Because in the shooting world, if you think you know it all or you think you've perfected it, you're losing to the dude that's trying new stuff. So um, always trying new equipment and breaking things on a regular basis. So I started out (laughs) with – I believe it was a Daniel Defense DDM4, and I completely took everything out of it, minus the lower and upper. So it completely like defeated the purpose. Um, rebuilt it with a custom build. So for ARs, and ARs and AR, especially in 2023, man, like all the stuff is fantastic. Right. Um, you get a good barrel, good trigger, good optic. That's really all that matters. The rest of the stuff, you can go with literally anyone. I uh, shoot right. proof research barrels and proof research barrels exclusively. I uh, shoot AR gold triggers. It's a uh, two-stage trigger with um, one and a half one and a half pound break with a half pound uh, take up. And then uh, for optics, I'm kind of bouncing around between a few things. I haven't found an LPVO that I truly, truly like yet. Right. Uh, but I'm running a, a Mark Eight one to eight with a Horus H59 reticle. Okay. Um, Definitely not a entry level rig for sure no. on that scope, but uh, I used to run um, that DDM4 AR Gold proof barrel, and I believe I was running a Leopold VX6 for starting. 
I can't remember exactly. I ended up going to a Vortex 1-6 to Razor because I was right. sponsored by uh, Vortex for a little while. Um, I ran that optic into the dirt. I actually ran that optic until earlier this year when I finally ended up selling it. Oh, wow. Uh, swapping over to some other stuff. But yeah. Yeah, so that's a pretty basic setup for me, man. Uh, proof research barrel, AR gold trigger, and whatever 1 to 10, 1 to 8 that you want these days. Uh, the one from Vortex is fine. The Eotex are fine. Um, they're not fantastic, but they definitely get the job done. And, um, yeah, can't really go wrong with that. Pistol, yeah. I started with a Glock 34. Quickly got rid of that and got one of these guys. 2011s all day. It's the only way. Um, nowadays you have prodigies and all kinds of stuff. And with a little bit of gunsmith knowledge, you can definitely have a really nice pistol for a great right. price. So, um, yeah. highly recommend going that route for sure. If you really are interested in getting into pistol shooting. Um, and then for shotgun, I started with a Sega 12 or no, it was an original Vepra 12 and just ran bone stock on that thing for the longest. And then I ended up, uh, getting a custom Sega 12 by Jack Travers, one of the original, um, custom open shotgun builders from back in the day that originally invented the sport more or less. And right. then, uh, ended up going to a distant arms. Um, I think it's a KL 12. Yeah. But, yeah. All kinds so, of wild stuff, man. I've shot a little bit of everything. <laughs> is there, is there a reason you go with the magazine fed shotguns? Um, I'm not too loading, obviously. Uh, I'd okay. definitely rather go clunk and keep on a little, shooting a little easier to work for you. Yeah. Cause I, I, I am handicapped or whatever you want to call it, but I compete at a actual normal level. So, um, I've won a few three gun nation matches, uh, for major matches. Um, won a few PRS stuff, um, competed as high of a level as I can. So I'm not trying to limit myself right. at all if possible. Anyways, <laughs> right. starting, yeah. starting below the bar. So, uh, well, mag fed was- shotguns going with 20 rounders all day. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Well, that was my that was my assumption, but I didn't want to <laughs> assume that that's no, yeah, know, absolutely that's what it was. But I thought it was probably easier than trying to shuck in, you know, oh yeah, or whatever. But I will say, you cannot beat a twenty gauge M two for hunting, though. This is about as good as it gets for sure. Oh, totally, yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely love that thing. <sighs> but yeah, shot so, a little bit of everything. Since we're talking about, you know, things that you can handle and stuff, um, by the way, be careful showing the things on the screen. Um, (laughs) but, uh, um, the, I'm sure that's an issue. You've got to look at, because some of the way that you have to, I'm going to use the word modify. That's, I don't even know if that's that's the proper word, but some of the ways that you have to do that with just the way that you have to grip, the way that you have to draw the, the holsters. Mm-hmm. Um, is that one of the reasons you look at so many different models and things when you're looking yeah. at fires? Because you have to find that thing that you can modify in the first place? Exactly. Since that's what we were talking about before, it, the shooting sports is such a vast array of like disciplines and ways people can actually go about doing things. There is no one right way to do anything. Right. Um, trying it a little bit of everything is going to definitely help make the better decision on actually finding what works for you. Cause um, right. just running what you have off the start, you're never going to know if that's going to be what's right off the get go. I always like taking my times from all of my drills that I do off notebook that has every drill that I've ever done when I'm actually doing real training. And right. I'm always trying to go on the range with something new 
and always look and see whether or not that helped or made it worse after a few times of trying it. And that's how you kind of just judge right, what's right and wrong. So keep they, on swapping. You, you talked about ditching the uh, the Glock 34 for the for the 2011. Um, was the was the 2011 easier to retrofit to get where you needed it to go as far as the modifications than the Glock 34? Um, so with the Glock, uh, it's one of the only pistols I actually can't really shoot um, because the trigger guard's so small. I can't actually reach the uh, safety um, to engage the trigger. So yeah. I have to cut like half the trigger guard off, and it's just a nightmare, and oh, wow. it's all yeah. flip-floppity and yada yada. So um, right. the 2011 is a lot nicer just because of the weight, obviously. The trigger is really nice because I can just set that to a really short reset and really short wall. I don't have to have much pre-travel or nothing. Um, right. So minimal movement there. Um, having a compensator on the end of it obviously helps for recoil control, so I don't have to worry about as much. Um, right. But as far as the mount goes, um, the mount that I made is made out of JB Weld and uh, a clothes hanger. Right. I've seen, seen that video. <laughs> it's like, okay, that's inventive. Yeah, so um, pretty much made a few different types of those. So this one only fits 2011 grips. I can swap it on to other 2011s, but I can't oh, take okay. it on, put it on like a Glock or something like that just because the way it's shaped. Right. Um, so it's, as far as that goes, there's really no difference, but just the ease and smoothness of a 2011 really helps out a ton. I feel like I could probably get away with running like a CZ or something like that as well. Mm -hmm. Um, but a heavy gun, something that's just going to soak up a lot of recoil, definitely really the only thing I look for and some yeah. of the short trigger as well. But you know, with 1911 and you know, um, uh in 2011 too the 2011 design too of course but with that design you just have so many options right and oh, I mean, yeah. that's a huge thing like you were talking about especially okay, nowadays I, I really like running a comp i really like doing this i really like, and like you have the all of the options the aftermarket for 1911 ish stuff is insane so oh, absolutely yeah um, and nowadays you can really get away with a lot of stuff 2023 man is the year of well just like nowadays since i've got out of it there's been so many advances on things and new stuff come out man it's so wild like i'm right. still running key mod on all my stuff and i get made fun oh. of all the time <laughs> oh. still, i'm like five pounds more guys calm down right strike two said everybody out there no original <laughs> recipe and now he's key mod. i ain't changing like, it man i ain't changing it uh, i've got too oh much stuff God. already too much stuff i think i've got like six rifles with key mod already and that's not even you. new stuff. I haven't even like gotten new things. <laughs> like, oh, that's rough. I'm lucky because uh, it, that uh, everything I've got is uh, um, I can't even think M-Lock. Good yeah. lord, it's like I can't even think of what it is. Uh, <laughs> but I've only got two. I've only got two M-Lock handguards uh, on mm -hmm. rifles, and uh, this one and this one. I didn't touch them, by the way. Um, <laughs> but. Uh, uh, and they're fairly they're fairly new, um, but I tell you the reason that I I don't I never got into that debate and never got really made fun of. I don't know which one I would have ended up going with or anything, but I kind of got out of the AR building game because I got into it so early. I was building ARs in like the late '90s or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? And everybody oh, else yeah. wasn't building That's ARs. That's a different world until, right there. <laughs> everybody else wasn't building ARs until like 2015. 
right? Yeah. Exactly. And like, I was out of it for years by that point. There was no such thing as M Locker Key Mod. You had Quad Rail, and that yep. was it, you know? Yep. And, and even a lot of times, you didn't have Quad Rail. <laughs> yeah, because you're running A2. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, thankfully, I, I never, I never got made fun of, which was really nice. Yeah, ghost out there says key mod. Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> um, classic. Classic. Um, you know, if you want to say which 2011 yeah. are you running now? So, um, I used to shoot for STI before they rebranded to Staccato. Um, okay. I've been running the DVC line for years. DVC three gun, DVC open, DVC steel. Um, they ended up letting me build my own pistol in their factory and it's the dvc nubs so um it's basically a dvc steel but with a uh tumble blued finish and a um burnt bronze anodizing on the rest of the features so the, the, the dvc super nub. clean nub. yeah nub is a nickname <laughs> right yep yeah nubs is a nickname no ands is a nickname they're i called all kinds of stuff stuff i can't say on here too <laughs> ah, i'm sure yeah yeah <laughs> Uh, as long as they don't call you late for dinner, I guess. There right? we that's, go. That's, that's what it go. is, right? <laughs> um, so, are there any? Are there any of the the twenty elevens? Talk about the newer stuff. Are there any that um, that you got your eye on? Um, yeah, man. There's so many freaking awesome custom builds these not, days. Not like, necessarily. Not necessarily. I'm not coming from a competitive standpoint. Yeah. You have no, absolutely. That, whatever. But no, yeah. is there anything I, that you've unsponsored. seen? Unsponsored. This is from unsponsored. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> there is, there is any, some uh, is there really good ones. Seen? Yeah. That you thought, wow, um, uh, those are nice. Yeah. So there's a few that I've definitely been looking at. Um, a company known as Hayes Customs out of Texas is making a really, really nice one, especially for the price. They're making more mm-hmm. of a entry level one it's still like four grand but for a custom build (laughs) that's phenomenal um so that's really nice uh atlas gunworks of course they make phenomenal builds the honcho is absolutely out of this world you get a non-barrel a 40 barrel and i believe uh an open slide for it as well Mm. um so that's really sick the dwx from cz i've been kind of looking at oh Um, yeah it's been the biggest issue with 2011s and it's always been the biggest issue is their magazines um, the MBX mags are f- phenomenal. I've been running those for years and that definitely took a lot of the malfunctions out of the mix, but you still run into that every now and again, and especially people that aren't running the MBX mags. That's their biggest problem. Um, so CZ kind of fixed that with just putting a 2011 on top of a CZ body. So definitely kind of interested in messing with that a little bit too. Um, and yeah, and I wouldn't mind messing around with the Staccato XC also, but uh, it's kind of hard to beat a custom build these days. Of course, Masterpiece Arms also, those pistols are like 2800 bucks, and they're right. basically a custom build for what they are also. So right. yeah. definitely some great options out there. Yeah. Now, as far as the uh, as far as far the collector side, you said you sort of got into that with because of the video game stuff mm-hmm. and everything. What are some of your favorites in the collection that you... Um, so I sold literally everything that I had on that side. <laughs> if you like, but, if you, if you want to say, well, what are some of yeah. the cooler ones that you had? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, I definitely kind of wish I still had a bunch of them. I had some crink off clones, uh, beautiful AKs. I don't have any AKs anymore except for my shotgun. I really wish I had a bunch of them still. Um, I had all the different variants of the 74s that you could have. Uh, belt fed RPD was probably my favorite thing that oh. I had. Um, I had a PSL, a Romanian, I think. That was really cool. Um, MP5 clones. I had a UMP clone. SCAR-16. Um, 
Yeah, I think I had a few other like smaller COD guns. I had an F2000 at one point as well, but I had yeah. literally like one day and I was like, yeah, I'm done with this thing. <laughs> this yeah. thing sucks. Right. Uh, but yeah, uh, Deagle and a 500 Smith & Wesson, but I never shot either one of those for obvious reasons. Really? Okay. Yeah, that was just cool yeah. to have on the shelf. But yeah, the, the was, JB Weld, the JB Weld might not hold no. up. On those. No, I'm not even going to try it. <laughs> Call it good on those. But that was before the JB Weld. So that was the era when, uh, if you find that video of me and the plate carrier and the 22 and stuff, I didn't have a mount on that. So I'd like shoot and have to recatch it and bobble it. And all. It was super sketchy. <laughs> Looking wow. back at it now, yeah. I hated it. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So wow. Def- now has anybody? Changed. Has there ever been any companies that have? talked about especially with 3d printing and stuff now so so freaking popular that discussed making something for you so when i was shooting back in the day there was discussion for that but 3d printing was still super super early in the game and really expensive to do still um so i had talks of getting a bunch of grips injected molding um, or injection molded Uh, by sti and stuff and that was going to be really really expensive for obvious reasons right um so we never ended up going forward with that but now that i'm back in the industry i've had so many people reach out and want to actually do something for more of a um like a personal reach out not necessarily yeah. a company yet but well um, just to be able to this do year it. at shot show i'm pretty sure there's going to be some works of that so heck we'll yeah oh <laughs> uh, yeah well the things they're doing with 3d printer printing and stuff now i mean it's an it's, it's insane, insane. i've got one man. i've got one sitting right here i threatened to get a 3d printer for Help me out there in the chat and in the audience, but I threatened to get a 3D printer for about three years, and it's been sitting in the box right here now for about a year after I finally got it. So I haven't even put it together and used it. But um, yeah, they're definitely reasonable, and the stuff that they're doing now is just insane. So I would I would venture a guess there's somebody out there that probably could come up with something. And, and you got to think that it'd be really neat if somebody come up with something that was a little more modular. Oh yeah, absolutely. That what you the, can what, use on multiple things, change out, yeah. have the have the place where you're. I don't even know what you call it because it's not a it's hand. A nub. <laughs> the nub goes in, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then the the part that fits around the firearm be be interchangeable, yeah. right? Absolutely. That would be kind of cool. You could just swap those things out. Yeah, and with all the guns nowadays too. Um, that have the actual serial number on either the fire control unit or the lower oh, stuff like that. Have a whole I can just make made. whole frames and stuff oh, super snap. easy. So that's probably the route that I was thinking of going. Yeah. Carry guns. You can go because once I get like my arm 3D scanned and it's it actually scans the proper placement because like I have a wrist in here and stuff and I torque it. So when I actually put it in the mount. I torque my arm so it kind of locks in, and that's how I draw and move it and uh, all that stuff. Okay. And it yeah. also acts as a gas pedal because I basically lock my wrist to keep recoil down. If I don't lock my wrist, the gun flops and does all kinds of stuff. But if I torque sure. it, gun tracks like normal people would. You're so, fine. Yeah. Um, wow. So, yeah, I think uh, that's something we're going to definitely look in because I don't have any concealed carry stuff right now because you definitely wouldn't want this giant lump of turd hanging off the side of you it looks like a colostomy bag or something in the front <laughs> so yeah. uh maybe if you open carried or you know a trench coat or a big baggy jacket i guess i usually do backpack stuff so that that gets the job done i can do those pretty quick 
Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Ghost out there. He says, I'm way too poor for this, <laughs> this part of the conversation. We won't you. get yeah. into this thing, man. This is this is big boy nastiness. Makes me right. sick every time I think about it. Right. <laughs> well, it could, uh, it could definitely get that way. Stan out there. Just a question for the guest. He said, how many rounds do you put through your suppressor for cleaning it? Uh, and do you have an opinion of uh, Night Force scopes? So. Yeah, man. So um, that definitely depends on a few things, what you're shooting and what your can is and things of that nature as well. Um, so I run Thunderbeast stuff. They're all titanium. So I usually yeah. shoot more than I should because they yell at me all the time because my stuff's so dirty. Um, but typically I would recommend cleaning every 500 to 1,000 rounds. Um, and if you have a titanium can, dump in CLR in there is what I do. Um, but if you don't have a titanium can, I have no idea how to clean them properly, get the proper stuff from whatever the manufacturer says. But, uh, yeah, clean around every 500 to 1,000, depending on what you're shooting, especially like bolt gun stuff and things of that nature. It's going to have a lot more powder burn and a lot more right. gas and carbon. Right. Um, and then for Night Force, fantastic optics. Um, I run Zico or Zero Compromise Optics. Um, it's like the step right above. I was going to go get a Night Force. That was my original um, decision. I was going to get Attacker 7 to 35 and ended up landing on the Zico. Uh, but right. they're still fantastic scopes. I will be probably running an Attacker 1 to 8 on my build once I retire this Mark 8. Um, of all the different LPVOs that I've been playing with, the Mark, or the, uh, the Attacker 1 to 8, probably the top of my list, if not right there at the top. So Right. Right. Now, as far, as far as, uh, you know, the long range, you said that, uh, you know, you kind of come back, you, you got into that. Um, what's the farthest distance that you've, that you've got out to? So I've taken my six, five Creedmoor in match conditions out to 2350. And that was a 40 by 70 inch plate, which oh, yeah. isn't that big for 2350 yards <laughs> with a 65 so I was I shooting 130 what, yeah I, I had five what, out of eight shots too <laughs> um yeah I'm not going to do that math I, I, yeah. math's hard <laughs> it's, but, it's uh, a lot it's it's not much <laughs> yeah so I hit five out of eight on that with 130 grain burgers going about 3000 foot per second with some chunky wind, I had 39 mils. 3,000 at muzzle. It had to have been yeah. almost out of gas by the time it got there. Oh, dude, it was. Just not. It was, <laughs> yeah, it was stuttering when it got yeah. towards the target. I think yeah. uh, flight time was eight seconds, something oh, like that. Yeah, so it was It was so far, man. It was insane. But I, I couldn't believe actually hitting it. I was just wanting to hit it once, but I hit it five out of eight. And uh, I think it was 39.5 mils of elevation, and I was at six and a half mils of wind. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it was insane. And then my farthest cold bore first round shot was with a, uh AX50 with a Thunder Beast suppressor on it, and that was a Ipsic target at a mile, first shot. Wow. Whacked it. <laughs> so... It's fun. Shooting far is so awesome, man. Of all the disciplines I've shot, I've shot Ipsic rifle in Russia, Ipsic shotgun in Italy, all the pistol stuff, all the different three gun stuff. Cold born a fifty cal at a mile or hitting that twenty three fifty with the six five was by far and even I cold bore my two two three at eight hundred on a six inch plate, center punched it three times in a row from nice. never shooting it all day or hadn't shot it all day. 
Like those right. moments right there, man, are on another level if you've never done it. It's well, truly that's, something different. That's one of the things that when you could do something like that, you know your equipment is right. Yeah. And that's one of the worst things about competition is when you start doubting. And I don't even care what kind of competition oh, it, it is, right? I don't it care. Hurts. It could be your bat in baseball. It could be your, your car if you're racing, your firearm if you're shooting sports. But, you know, if you have doubts in your equipment, like that's the worst thing ever for a competitor. You can, oh, dude, it hurts. And you can ask every one of my sponsors. <laughs> I've broken everything, man. <laughs> um, I'm not I, – I mean, I guess I am rough on stuff, people would say, but I don't necessarily think I am. But I do break everything. I've broken every level of equipment, whether it be the most expensive, nicest, highest quality thing you can get, all the way down to the cheapest quality things you can get. So right. um, yeah. that's always going to be something that does go down, obviously. But if you shoot enough, you're going to run into problems, that kind of thing. Um, yeah. But having that trust in your gear, even when stuff goes down, like it is so important because confidence is everything. Shooting is, I'd say, damn near 75% mental. Um, if you're not in the right mindset going into a stage, even with slight doubt, it's not going to turn out your way. So, Yeah, and I mean, I think I think with long range, I think for sure, um, yeah. Um, you know, I come from more of, I think a bullseye type, you know, shorter range, but bullseye precision type background. Mm-hmm. Um, and you definitely have to get in that zone. You have to get in that happy place. You have to be paying attention to, you know, every little, every little detail, you know, all at mm-hmm. once. And you can't be concerned with what's going on. I would always Ooh. tell the kiddos, like, when you get on that firing line and it goes hot, there's two things in the universe that exist. You, you, the <laughs> yep. Like absolutely. that's it. There's nothing else that exists. Like absolutely. Uh, and it obviously though, that's not true because if you call it, <laughs> yeah, fire safety or, and all that good you know, stuff. something like that, you need to be able to hear it. Not zoned out so much that, uh, but <laughs> yeah, if you got good range safety offers, they yeah. can always you know, come over there and tap you on the shoulder or yell in your ear or whatever <laughs> they need to do to get you out of it. But, um, but yeah, you know, I would say so. I, you know, that speaks to, um, you know, and it, it's still. But you can also get, you can also have too much head in the game, right? Like I've seen that, that happen too. Oh, absolutely. Some of my best match, actually, I think every match that I've won, my main intention for that match was to just have a good time with the people I was shooting with. Didn't look at scores, didn't give a damn about stage briefs, didn't care about nothing. I just went out there, shot, had a blast, looked the scores at the end, I won. Um, every time I go in there, I, like Russia, I trained for like six months getting ready for that match. I spent so much time and energy preparing for it. My first day, I get one stage that racks up 47 procedurals. So it basically zeroes my whole match from that one stage. And I've still got like six days of shooting left. (laughs) So I was like, oh my God. So like coming into stuff with that attitude just totally makes it more difficult in my opinion. Looking back on it anyways, from a, from a experience side of things, it's definitely gotten me. (laughs) You gotta, you gotta find a good balance. You can't be too relaxed, but you can't be too focused either. Yeah. Right. Uh, at least you got a trip to Russia out of it, I guess. Oh yeah. It was fun. (laughs) (laughs) It was cool. It was cool. Yeah. I definitely but can't it, hate on it. You know, it depends on t- it depends too on the on the game that you're playing though, right? Like yes. Oh absolutely. You know, there it's a totally different sport going shooting three gun versus shooting yes. Yeah. Like it's you know two totally uh, different beasts. 
shotgunning uh, is, is one thing that I enjoy. I mean, I, I absolutely mm-hmm. enjoy shotgunning, especially sporting clays and being out. It's so know, much fun. Uh, outdoors, uh, beautiful scenery a lot of times. You know, you never really know what path, you know, they got yep. so the birds set up to take. You know, they're going to give you absolutely. a peek usually, but you don't, you don't have a clue except for that one peak, you know. Uh, but the thing is, shotgunning is so reactionary. Yeah. And I am not. And so that's why I say you can't overthink it. And I do that yeah. quite often in shotgunning that I overthink. Just point you know, shoot. They'll, 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 they'll throw the, uh, they'll throw, uh, uh, you know, throw the, the first one for everybody to get a peek and I'll be, you know, fourth, fifth, sixth in the line. And I'm back there swapping chokes or something. I'm like, mm-hmm. because, oh man, I want to get this one coming this way with this barrel. And then I'll have this choke and then that'll give me better odds, you know, and, there's people that just walk up to the line with some fixed choke yep. 870 <laughs> that belongs to their grandpa or something and go bam, yep. bam, and dust them, you know, and then I miss both or something. So, <laughs> um, it, it's, it's really crazy that with the shooting sports world, it can, mm-hmm. it can do that. Um, it is. I want to back up. You said that you, you said, uh, earlier that you did some, some bow hunting, uh archery is definitely a big passion of mine it's been a while since i've done any done any hunting but have uh 3d competition much like sporting clays uh because of the being in the woods environment stuff like that was always big into 3d uh, archery competitions and um so big into that um do you did you have you completely dropped that or is that something that you still play around with from time to time yeah, I kind of retired the sticks and strings for gunpowder and lead, man. <laughs> My dad, though, um, he's still huge into that. He makes his own bows and makes his own arrows oh, and split maps and all that good stuff. Um, so he's still keeping that passion alive, but I kind of retired it. Uh, so I had kind of had something similar to what's on my pistol, um, oh. but it was kind of set for my left arm. And then I just basically good old fashion grab the string and pull kind of thing with a leather strap instead of a release even on a compound bow uh-huh. uh, really kind of difficult to get super consistent um because of it just plopping off the arm basically it was a lot less consistent yep. than a release is going to be on a compound and um, right. so i always kind of ran into problems with that and never could actually perfect it the way i wanted to so that's another reason i kind of dropped off i feel like uh, but definitely did some hunting with it, loved it, um, competed a good bit in uh, middle school and freshman year, sophomore year, stuff like that. Right. Uh, but, yeah, and once I found guns, I was like, this is better. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. like this. <laughs> a lot so. of people, a lot of people don't, don't understand, but archery. It's hard, yeah, man. Form, form and everything in archery is. It's a lot like pistol shooting, man. Crazy. If you don't practice it consistently. Like even taking one day off, you're going to definitely notice a downfall in your performance. Right. Yeah. Oh, without a doubt. And I mean, it, and get back into, uh, get back into what was I thinking? Uh, what we were talking about with equipment, like, holy moly, like with archery, one little screw loose somewhere throws the whole thing completely off. Same with this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> one screw can change this That's thing true. completely. <laughs> so it's a nightmare. Yeah, when you have precision when instruments, you've got to you've got to be precise with them. Archery, yeah. a precision instrument for sure. I'd yeah. say more so because you have a lot more moving parts in that thing. 
Yeah, and especially when you're 2,350 yards. So just just say it. We're just saying out there. <laughs> a heartbeat um, alone will throw you off at a thousand. So <laughs> you know, a heartbeat it will. But what a lot of people don't understand. So man, I get it on the channel sometimes. But I'll put a target up. I'll put a, a small bore 22 up it, uh, which is an inch and three eighths. The overall, the entire target is an inch and three eighths. The bullseye mm-hmm. is this, is literally the width of a 22 projectile, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'll put that up at, at 50 foot and people are like, Oh, you're only shooting at 50 foot. And I'm like, Oh, you don't, <laughs> the bullseye is the exact, you literally have to <laughs> yeah. hole punch. It's still hard, man. <laughs> it's so hard. You literally have to hole punch for a 10. Like, so, yep. you know, am I good enough to hole punch every time? No, not even close. Um, oh, that's, but that's not my game <laughs> for some people at an inch and three eighths for the entire bullseye, they do good to score. And that's, oh, yeah. that's usually where we would, where we would start with the kids is like, you know, like, cause they would want to put up these high scores, obviously and shoot X's and stuff. And I'm like, just learn to be consistent yep. and not put up goose eggs. No zero. Consistency <laughs> is all you need, man. Once you get, you will once never you be get, last. <laughs> <laughs> Once you can shoot a match with no zeros, then we can tweak and improve and start, you know, making those scores a little bit better. But Absolutely. the zeros will kill you, you know. Yes, they Kinda will. Kind of like DQs or, you know, anything else that goes on out there. I know folks that have trouble with that. So Yep. We yeah. have zeros and PRS. So zero and PRS, basically, you get uh, 10 points per stage, typically 8 to 12 most of the time. And you just don't hit a single target the whole stage. <laughs> it hurts. Oh, yeah, <laughs> oh it yeah. hurts so bad. Yeah, yeah, it's bad. Uh, we're gonna shift gears here because we yeah. are kind of coming up to the uh, to the top of the hour. We're gonna have a little fun if I can find my stuff here because this segment brought to us by our friends over at Anderson Manufacturing. Uh, the good old the good old ponies, the blue ponies over there, uh, and. Yeah, I mean, what can I say about Anderson? I say it like every time. I've got the uh, 9mm carbine back here. It's running great. Still is. Uh, got some new Monstrum stuff, I think, coming for that here before too terribly long it'll be in. So you can see that in some videos. Um, also, uh, the Kiger. I actually got, and I can show this on the camera. Uh, shout out to Gideon Optics. But uh, uh, there is, and I don't even know, maybe it'll show, but there is the Rock Optic from gideon there's gideon shout out to gideon um that is going on the kiger also from anderson so really looking forward to playing around with that and then the bolt actions for anderson hopefully they're dropping before too terribly long uh so yeah uh big thanks to uh of course anderson manufacturing so what we're gonna do here hunter is uh there's no right or wrong answer to these questions cool. you can you can caveat them however you want i don't care this is all just for fun uh so we're good we're gonna go with first and um, what was your first firearm? First your, firearm. Your first firearm. Yeah, not your family members, not a BB gun. Your first firearm. Ah, uh, it was a a Remington. No, it was a Marlin uh, twenty-two. Okay. Uh, it's not not it's not the ten twenty-two, but it's basically a ten twenty-two. Was uh, it? What's it? Was, Magazine fed or tube fed? It was tube fed. That's a Marlin Mall 60. Oh, ho, ho, yeah. I like Marlin Mall 60. Yeah. So, so, folks, Hunter has redeemed himself. <laughs> Whoa, redeemed from the, from the From the original recipe disaster <laughs> earlier, uh, he has redeemed himself with me. I still with shoot too hard, though. 
being <laughs> well, I don't have an opinion on that because I never, I never got into that debate really either way. So uh, that's everybody else. Everybody else can take issue with you on that. I'm not going to. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, my first. I'll tell a story on this since that was your first. Some folks out there have heard it. Some of them probably that's maybe strange. haven't. I hadn't shot that so, gun in years. <laughs> so my first, that was mine. And I had access, grandfather, father, to go, oh, when you get older, you can have this and, you know, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I was in sixth grade. And whatever you're in with FFA before it's FFA, because in sixth grade, you couldn't be in FFA back then anyway. Uh, but we sold sausage and turkey and fruit and that sort of things around this time of year, honestly, up until like for like the holidays. And the grand prize was a Marlin Model 60, brand new Marlin Model 60. Now, this was a long time ago, and, I'll, and I'll, you'll, you'll know when I finish this story. The grand prize was a Marlin Model 60 and a brick of, uh, back then it was a bucket, a little bucket, but a bucket of, I don't know, 500 rounds or something of Bama. Oh, yeah. And um, so I won that. And I was awarded the rifle and the ammo in the gym at school. And brought it home on the bus. That's Hell how long yeah. ago. That's how long ago that was, folks. America. Uh, don't we wish the world was still that way? Wouldn't that be? Oh, wouldn't yeah. that be amazing? Right. Super <laughs> man. Um, Those are the so, times. Um, first vehicle. Um, Toyota Forerunner 2011 oh. uh, Limited. Wow. Okay. Should not have given that to a 16 year old. <laughs> Wow, uh, uh, especially not one prone to tearing. That's what I'm Especially not one prone to tearing stuff up like you'd be oh, to. We turned that into an off-road vehicle very quickly. <laughs> I learned my lesson. I had an '89 Nissan Hardbody 4x4, all jacked up and tricked out, and it was also my daily driver, unfortunately. And I spent, <laughs> I spent all day at work. I spent. The evenings basically tearing it up in the mud and the rest of the night trying to fix it so I could get it to work the next day. So, <laughs> I know. So I, I feel buddies like that. <laughs> yeah, I feel, I feel you on that, man. I feel you. Uh, so let's move into some favorites here. Favorite cartridge. And you can copy out that however. Handgun, rifle, favorite right now. Man, two two three. I shoot two two three out to fourteen hundred all the time. I love that round. It's hard to beat. Don't brag too much now. <laughs> it's awesome, man. You can put a two two three and a good twenty six yeah. inch bolt gun. You can send that thing, dude. Just, just, yeah, just, just fourteen hundred, just fourteen hundred. <laughs> I mean, come on, man. So, really? It's awesome. I stick behind it, man. Two two three all the way. So, Lake, Lake out there, real quick. So, did I hear bolt guns from Anderson? Uh, Anderson Ooh. action. Yes, it'll be a uh, seven hundred pattern action. I think from what I'm understanding, but yes, absolutely, they are on the way in. 30865 Creed and 300 Wind Mag, which is my preferred choice of those three. Uh, speaking of favorite cartridges, at least out of those three. Uh, so, yeah, Link, <laughs> they are they are on the way. Uh, favorite band or musician? Man, I listen to a little bit of everything. One week I could be listening to country. Next, Me that's too. like the least favorite, usually. Uh, go to hard rock, screamo, punk rock, go all the way to some random punk or emo stuff techno stuff it's all over man um, as far as favorite band or a we'll favorite. go ccr we'll go ccr nice and what classic else? 
Somebody listen else to season, I think, said CCR. Solid. Listen to Fortunate Son pretty much every day. <laughs> so <laughs> I'll tell I you. was I was sitting around playing around on the uh, guitar just the other night, as a matter of fact. And I usually I'm just sitting by myself. It's a it's a therapy thing. I don't I don't play or sing super well. Um, <laughs> and I found myself I'm, I almost always right. Well, guitar in the bathtub is not the best idea. <laughs> That's fair. But, uh, but um um. I, I found myself. I found myself picking out a, a quite a bit of, of CCR. So uh, it happens, man. Yeah, pretty hard pretty to good eat. stuff. Yeah, pretty good stuff. Um, favorite um, favorite historical site. Mm, I don't know about history, uh, but can I say like land area? Moab is really cool. Yeah, place is awesome. That would Once work. Once you actually get out in the middle of Moab, man, it work. truly feels like another planet. Right. Um, of all places I've been, I've done a lot of uh, outdoor adventuring and stuff like that too, going, checking out different mountains and things of that right. nature. But um, Moab on another level of places, man. man right. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Uh, favorite actor or actress? <sighs> Clint Eastwood. Oh, there you go. That's solid. Okay. That's I was solid. Say, there's nobody I like in that world. You may, well, there's very, well, on a personal level, I agree with yeah, you. Like, yeah, there's very yeah. few on a personal level. Um, on a, as far as their their films, their movies, or their TV shows, there's there's a few. Yeah. You may have redeemed yourself from the key mod statement with everybody there out there with 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 Eastwood. I think Eastwood there is a go. very popular answer. I think to that question, so I think Hard that resonated. Uh, full redemption from Hunter. So thank God we had this segment. That's all I got to say. Yes. Um, Favorite breakfast cereal, or do you even Ooh. eat a breakfast cereal? Uh, man, I hadn't had breakfast cereal in years, but back when I did eat cereal, the Fruit Loops. Definitely Fruit Loops. <laughs> fruit Loops. Nothing wrong That's with the Fruit, fruit Loops. Fella. But that was like now, probably six, seven. Oh no, I was way more than that. That was like 10 years ago. I'm 28 yeah. now. <laughs> right. Right. Um, now, with Fruit Loops back then, um, did did you think they all they each had their own flavor? So I used to think I actually like did a test on that and like did a blind taste test with a bunch of different ones and I didn't find nothing. But I used to think that when I was right. a kid for yeah. sure. Yeah, and I would pick out the purple ones. I hated grape everything, so I'd always yeah. pick out the purple. Yeah, throw them on the yeah. ground. And then you get older, <laughs> and you're like, they all taste that the was, same. Yep, that was and, waste. And Apple Jacks is a Fruit Loop. Oh, Apple some... Jacks was the best. I take that back. Fruit Loops Apple Jacks is Apple good. Jacks. Yeah, yeah. Apple Jacks is a Fruit Loop with some extra stuff sprinkled on it. <laughs> yeah, extra steps. That's it. It's like it's one extra step. They take all the reject Fruit Loops yep. and they sprinkle some stuff on it, so that, it's a that byproduct. Stuff was the best though. That stuff. <laughs> yeah. Was, well, the way yeah, the apple. It definitely had apple cinnamon taste for sure. Yeah. For yeah, sure. Fruit, fruit Loop, but. There's no difference between the green, the green apple jacks and the orange apple jacks. True. By the way, they're the, they're the same too for folks out there. We just ruined it. If anybody has their kids listening, we just ruined them. <laughs> uh, unfortunately. So, uh, yeah, let's let's close this one out. I think uh, I think Hunter um, got a couple minutes or so left here. Uh, where can people find you? Follow you since you're doing all the stuff now. 
Uh, yeah, throw so, that out there um, for everybody. I've got my own website, nohandedshooter.com. Um, that's got all my socials and all the other goodies on there, merch and stuff as well. Um, I'm nohandedshooter on Instagram, uh, YouTube, Facebook, all that good stuff. Just broke 100,000 on YouTube. Uh, silver play buttons on the way, so that's kind of cool. Going to be doing some kind of big video for that. I think I might shoot it with a 50 at a mile or something. We'll figure that out. Um, but yeah, uh, check out awesome. nohandedshooter.com and Till then, I'm sure you'll see me on the range soon. <laughs> Heck yeah. And uh, plans on, you said earlier, plans on making shot, right? Yep. Oh, I'll definitely be at SHOT Show. Um, I'm going to be at a few booths. Uh, the Mile High Shooting booth is going to be the main one I'll be at. I'll be working at a few other ones around then as well. So right. uh, definitely come check out. I'll be giving a lot of nubs stuff away. So hope to see you there. Are you going to be there the entire week? Oh, yeah. I'll be there all week. I'll be there nice. media day as well. So. Oh, really? Range day. Nice. Yes, sir. Very, very cool. So gotta play uh, with the new stuff. <laughs> yeah, looking uh looking forward to hanging with you for a few minutes, hopefully, as yeah, the man. kids would say, IRL. Right? That's right. IRL. <laughs> oh. Man, I had fun. Uh we'll get you back on again, hopefully someday. Absolutely, and, uh, man. And kick it and kick it again, as the kids would say. Yes, uh, sir. But uh, thanks for thanks for jumping in with us, man. We we really do appreciate it. I appreciate you for having me on, man. Uh, sorry I didn't make it that first time, but we rescheduled. I think it was a was a good hey, time for sure. We got it done, man. We got it done. Absolutely, brother. All right. So let's uh, shift gears here and get this thing closed out for the evening. So, uh, yeah, we got to think, of course, Monstrum Tactical. You guys know that. We got to thank Anderson Manufacturing. Obviously, we got to thank Hunter for coming on. Uh, and join us too. Make sure you go check him out on all the uh, socials and the platforms and the other things that he is doing out there. Um, I am trying to even think who we've got lined up next week on the podcast. Obviously, if you go to the website, it's all listed there. The schedule's there. If you check out YouTube, usually uh, those are scheduled. I'm pretty sure we got uh, LWA. We got Lone Wolf Arms. We got Matt, who I believe is an engineer with Lone Wolf Arms next week. Uh, and I think One Shot TV, I think Jesse is going to be jumping in and joining us next week. I think. Don't quote me on that. But I think. Uh, as far as uh, this week, like I said, yesterday was all Monstrum Tactical. And if you want to know about them, you definitely need to check out that podcast Last week, Amy Dillon, oh my God, that podcast was off the chain. We'll be talking about it for a while. So highly recommend you check that one out too. Uh, maybe if you need something to listen to over the weekend while you're piddling around in the uh, garage or the shop or whatever it might be. Uh, and speaking of the weekend, since it is Thursday and we won't see you on a podcast, uh, have a safe weekend and we'll catch up with you next week. Till next time, don't forget to chain fire freedom and bye. We appreciate the Patreon patrons and YouTube channel members who keep these podcasts going. If you're looking for cool stickers, patches, and other gear, be sure to check out Clovertack.com. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Clovertack Podcast.